Hello, and welcome to another episode of Starside Chat. Episode number 44, though I am dropping the number from uh, the podcast feed and just putting the title in. So that's a little bit of a change for the podcast feed. But joining me, as always, is Aaron. Hello. And I have a little news for you, just right off the top. Lay it on me. I finished Cyberpunk 2077 last night. Ooh. How did it leave you? How, what's your overall impression? Uh, I still liked it. Uh, I, it's still uh, a little buggy and has some performance issues, but I think, like, I also finished uh, Yakuza. I don't remember if we talked about that we did, in the yeah, last we episode. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty satisfied with where I ended up putting everything on my top 10 list, so I think I would not move anything uh based on having finished them now but uh yeah i really i did i did like the story i think i'm very curious how some different decisions you could make would alter how some of those sequences play out at the end almost to the point where i kind of want to go through the ending sequence again um i know i've i've heard people talk about like a perfect ending or whatever where something happens with johnny or whatever and i'm curious what that's like i might just look it up (laughs) just look up a video (laughs) but um yeah i enjoyed it and i think uh it, it ends off where that last mission it does the mass effect thing of like uh, this is a point of no return. Are you sure you want to <laughs> go do this or do you have anything else to finish first? And so I think it, it like if you make a save point right there, you can just like jump right back into it and just replay the ending sequence again. So it wouldn't be too difficult to do that. I'm curious how they will handle DLC uh, if they make it like a separate thing or if it's one of those things where they just sort of tack it on somewhere in the middle of the playthrough. So you'd have to either start over again or just like load up an old save. But yeah. Uh, also supposedly PV, not PVP, but uh, some sort of multiplayer mode is happening for that game at some point. Yes. I think I, that's probably been delayed with the pandemic and stuff. And also yeah, the also, terrible release. Yeah. All the fixes they've had to work on. Yeah. Who knows when that's coming. Um, I, I liked the combat enough that I might, be willing to jump back in and see what a multiplayer mode would be like, especially if it's more cooperative. I think cooperative is more my speed these days. Yeah, but, I agree. Uh, speaking of cooperative online modes, we can jump into the news because Watch Dogs Legion is adding a cooperative mode on March 9th. So depending on when I get this podcast episode up, it may already be out or it may be uh, coming out very, very soon. Uh, it is cooperative stuff. They said that it's going to have a handful of cooperative missions and a raid-like thing. Um, I don't know. How did you feel about the combat? Oh, I guess you didn't play that game, did you? I never played it, but I did. I think we may have played a little bit of co-op in Watch Dogs 2. I can't recall. But Ubisoft makes good like co-op stuff. We definitely played co-op in whichever far cry was in india and that was super fun because like one of us could get in a helicopter oh yeah that was really fun so i'm into like they make great open worlds to just mess around in with a bunch of gadgets and so i mean everything about this seems like it's gonna be great 
that was my favorite part about Watch Dogs Legion. It, like, it wasn't the story. It was just, like, messing around in that yep. world. <laughs> just, like, flying around on a drone and just, like, dropping a spider drone to, like, go around and do stuff. So that could be really fun. Um, you would have to get the game and maybe we could try it out. But I don't know. I I don't know if it's free. I want to say it is, but I'm just, like, glancing at this article and they don't even... I'm sure it is. (laughs) It seems like the type of thing that would be like a free add-on later, sort of uh, Ghost of Tsushima style, where Mm. they dropped that that mode. I loved that mode, by the way. I should jump back into that game too. But um, anyway, uh, something that I know is going to make you not very happy: Vampire the Masquerade was delayed again. Yes, unfortunately, it's uh, it's had some woes. Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines was uh, a game that I very much enjoyed in high school. I remember being in like computer class and looking up uh, like articles about its development on like uh, Blues News. I don't think that was a site that I used to look (laughs) at. Um, And I loved it. It was very, very buggy such that, um, and they kind of stopped supporting it and then the community sort of made their own patches for it to make it playable. But... uh, it was very cool. I like that world. I like uh, the role playing that's involved in that game. It had some excellent storytelling, and this one seems crazy. It had uh, some crazy trailers that came out like two E threes ago. Um, but yeah, it's uh, not going to be coming out anytime soon. Which I mean, that's fine. Uh, it's fine to have it delayed as long as it comes out and it's not terrible so uh, they can delay it as much as they want and they probably maybe maybe they weren't going to delay it and they saw what happened with cyberpunk and they were like oh man we should just delay (laughs) this yeah what was that what is that saying i don't remember who it's attributed to but they're like uh i want to say it's attributed to like miyamoto but i think that that is like apocryphal i don't know that he actually ever said that yeah but that hopefully will be the case here where it will eventually come out and be a good game instead of being forever bad but yeah um we can also talk about nintendo switch turning four that happened this last week i don't remember the exact day i think it was the third march 3rd yeah uh which i remember because you and i waited out in the cold yeah uh, in line at best buy to get a switch and uh we went to go see uh logan first oh that's right we did do that uh also wasn't there talk at one point about like eating at a restaurant before we went there did we actually do that i don't remember i don't remember because i thought we were gonna have time between like the movie and the time to line up for yeah because i think i want to say logan got out at like 10 or it got out at such a point where because the stuff wasn't going to get released until midnight and we did have to wait for quite a while before midnight i recall that was a good movie. I liked Logan, but <laughs> sitting out in the cold, like I, at the time I did not have like warm shoes or socks. Mm. So like my feet, I just remember being yeah. like completely frozen to the point where I was like tapping them on the ground to try to keep them <laughs> from like falling asleep. Cause I felt like they were going completely numb. A great launch though. I mean, Breath of the Wild is maybe one of the best launch titles of yeah. any generation of any console. And we may get another one probably not this year but maybe next year yeah maybe and that 2022 yeah and that leads to the next thing which is the bloomberg report about the nintendo switch pro yes what do you think about this uh i mean they said not 
coming anytime soon, or at least Nintendo did uh, fairly recently, which I mean, what, you know, anytime soon, what does that mean? <laughs> like, is that six months uh, looking out six months or uh, looking out a year or two? Like, uh, who knows? Um, but, you know, we're about halfway through a life cycle it's been four years so like roughly seven years seven to ten years depending on if you're sony or uh microsoft or nintendo i guess but uh i don't know it does feel like games that come out now are just they need a little bit more power and so i would definitely be down for a switch pro there were parts of Breath of the Wild that needed a little bit more power. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it definitely stuttered a little bit, but I I am interested in this. My girlfriend plays on my Switch fairly regularly, so I could conceivably just give that to her and get this new Pro model so we could have two Switches. Um, yeah. But what about you in your situation? Like, nobody else you know really uh, has or need of a Switch, right? So would you upgrade to this new model? Uh, I So... That's interesting because it would have to be like, am I going to get a Switch Pro to have a better time with Nintendo stuff or do I buy a PS5? That's a good question. Uh, Yeah. Solid question. And it's going to be a tough choice, not just for me, but anybody else who hasn't been able to get one yet. And I'm curious even if we don't run into a similar situation where they come out with a switch pro, but nobody can get one because oh, of that the is chip shortage. So I think it's going to be more a display shortage. Um, because I think they're, they're buying their displays from Samsung and they're, I, I want to say I read an article where they're only ordering like, uh, so many per quarter or something. And then the articles like speculated that that meant it was going to be like, heavily uh like demand was heavily going to outweigh um inventory so i don't know yeah i mean so from this report it says what the portable screen would still be 720 but it would be a larger display and smaller bezel and then the the dock could support 4k um so right now i mean there's already like a disparity between like when you're playing something in docked mode on a tv and the performance of it when you're playing it on portable mode um that's just gonna like that gulf is just gonna get wider if they do another 720p panel i guess but maybe i don't maybe the internals make it so it, it runs better than they when do I, currently. I also heard, and like all of this is just rumor and speculation, but I think I heard that they were talking about making games that basically would only run on this Pro model and would not be uh, able to be used on a first-generation Switch, which would create Ooh. sort of a divide. Yeah, that would that would be rough. Uh, like, imagine the next Zelda comes out and it's only on Switch Pro, but that's, you can't that's a way get to a, sell Switch. a Switch Pro. I mean. It is, but again, if we're still dealing with like chip and screen shortages yeah. and you can't get one, like that would suck a lot. Like I think <laughs> it's already going to suck with the, the PlayStation and the Xbox situation yeah. just because there are games that are going to come out that you can't play. <laughs> like right now I'm thinking of, I know uh, Returnal is a PS5 exclusive. Yeah. Uh, and that's coming out 
I don't think that it's too much longer now before that comes out, and I'm not going to be able to play it because I don't have a PS5. Nothing has grabbed me yet that is a PS5 exclusive that I am like, I need a PS5. Yeah, and I, I mean, that is going to happen eventually, but yeah. it's probably going to be something like some sort of tentpole, like the next uh, God of War or... What else is in development Horizon. that we haven't really heard of? Yeah, maybe Horizon. I never played the first one, but... Um, that game's that. out on PC, isn't it? It is. Yeah, you can get it on Steam, which is crazy. Yeah. So I, I, I think they need to do more of that where they make their first-party stuff also come out on PC, like, day and yeah. date, because then I wouldn't have to worry about, oh, I can't play this game because it's <laughs> it's only on PlayStation 5 and I can't get one. Yeah. I keep hoping, like, I keep clinging to the hope that, like, this whole situation is going to turn around and, like, PlayStation 5s are suddenly going to be much more available and then we won't have to worry about... And hopefully that'll happen before something like God of War or the next Horizon comes out. I think that will be the case by next Christmas, but I think in the summertime it's still going to be few and far between. Yeah. So, I mean, they could run into the same problem when a Nintendo Switch Pro comes out. But, I mean, if they, if it comes out, say, even if it's not this year, even if it's, like, March of next year, so it's sort of, like, the fifth anniversary of the Switch release, mm-hmm. um, they, could, they could do the same thing where it launches alongside Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. Uh, and then later on in the year, Super Mario Odyssey 2. <laughs> God, what a dream that would be! I would, I wouldn't even be mad. I would, I would buy it happily. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't either. I, if it was available and I could just like go to a store and pick it up, so I don't I'd do it right now. Bother with all of that? Yeah, I would. Do I it would too. stop recording right now. I would leave my computer on and just leave. <laughs> I wouldn't even the stop the door. recording. I would just walk yeah. out and I would just, just do it. <laughs> Although I guess that would, see, that's also true. If if a PS if they announced that PlayStation fives were just like all of a sudden in stores, I'd be like, oh, well, I gotta go. I didn't know. I I didn't do any research on this, but I was just watching a Twitch stream and somebody was talking about it. So I don't know how accurate this is. But did you hear about how I think Snoop Dogg was streaming Madden, and then something happened? And he just like walked away from his stream for like six hours. No, I did not hear about that. But just like left it streaming, and people were like, oh, this is great. <laughs> That's funny. No, I did not hear about that. Classic Snoop. Classic Snoop. Well, do you want to get into the stuff from State of Play? This is a little bit old news because this happened, what, what, a week and a half ago or so? The only thing I really want to talk about is the Final Fantasy VII stuff. Now, we talked about things that would make me buy a PlayStation 5. This came close, although I think it's not going to be... It's not going to be super extensive, but instead of working on the second part of the Final Fantasy VII Remake, which they should be doing, they have unveiled DLC for the first Final Fantasy VII Remake. Did you see this coming? I kind of didn't see DLC for this game coming at all. I had no no idea this was coming, but it is a Yuffie DLC. I've always said Yuffie because there's two Fs, but I guess it's pronounced Yuffie. And it's, I guess, concurrent with the events of Final Fantasy VII Remake, the first one, possibly only taking place when Cloud is gone. Uh, Unclear to me, but um, I would expect this to be like a six hour or less experience based on, 
I don't know. That's just what I'm guessing. But uh, do you think you'll be able to like access it separately, or will it just be like, like as you're playing through the main game, it'll be like, no. oh, by the way, here's the side mission. Well, that's actually a really good question. Like, how do so they splice those two together? I guess is a good question. It's only available on PlayStation Five, which yeah. they kind of they they didn't outright say that in the trailer, but like there was some text that was like, "Hey, and yeah. when you upgrade to five, uh, upgrade to PlayStation Five, you'll also be able to buy this." Yeah, uh, it was like an end title screen, and I was like, "Oh, well, that really is like a kick in the nuts a little bit." <laughs> I would have played this, I think, if it was on PS4, even though. My PS4 has not been turned on in a while, I have to say. Same. Um, but uh, I don't know. I I like more Final Fantasy VII news, but I maybe I probably will watch someone stream this, to be honest, because I probably won't have a PS5 by the time this comes out in yeah. like, July or June, whatever it comes, July yeah. 10th. Yeah, it's coming over the summer, and it. You're, yeah, we're not going to have PS5s by then, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> no. Uh, I guess, did you see the Solar Ash gameplay from State of Play? I did. I love Hyper Light Drifter. Um, I don't know how I feel about this Solar Ash game now that I've seen extensive gameplay yeah. of it. it's. I don't think it's what I want it to be. It seems to be mostly a movement game. Like, there's not really, it doesn't seem like there's a ton of, like, go into an arena and like beat them up type things, which is what I was hoping it was with like, I wanted it to basic. It didn't seem like a spiritual successor to Hyperlight drifter as much as I thought it was going to be, or as much as I wanted it to be. It it definitely felt uh, very different. Yeah. I wanted it to be, you know, kind of like a Zelda type thing where similar to how Hyperlight drifter was like, you're getting different guns, maybe some gadgets, you're upgrading abilities but this would be a like a three-dimensional version of that where you're upgrading, you know, you're getting crazy weapons and all that type of stuff. But it does seem like fairly linear and you're sort of just following these paths of balls. I don't know. I'm not going <laughs> to completely pass judgment on it, but I was a little uh, underwhelmed by that trailer. There was a gameplay trailer for Deathloop that did look really cool. That does look cool, yeah. made it... Uh, a little bit more clear as to what that game actually is. I think in the past we were not so sure. Uh, I forget when that's coming out, but I think I am more excited about it now having seen that than I was before. Like, I agree. I thought it, I thought it, it could be cool, but I wasn't like over the moon for it. And now it's like something that's like actively on my radar. So yeah, I will definitely check that out when it comes out. I mean, I loved all of um, what was uh, what was that game? Um, oh, Dishonored. Dishonored, that's what it is. I don't know why it took me so long to... But yeah, Arcane makes fun games. Like Dark Messiah, uh, Dark Messiah of Might and Magic was, a, I feel, a very underrated game uh, that was like a melee-based first-person shooter that I had a lot of fun with when it came out, like very physics-based. And Dishonored is great. It's like a, you know, a spiritual successor to Thief, basically, where you're just like hiding out and looting things, but you have like crazy powers. Uh, I never played Prey, but I heard good things about it. Um, yeah, I heard good things about that game. As I watched well. some speed runs of it at like SGDQs, which made it seem insane. And that's something I might come back to eventually. It's kind of in my queue, but I've never picked it up. But yeah. I like Arcane Studios, and so uh, I'm into this. I think it'll be good. Yeah, it looks pretty cool. I I definitely will play it when it comes out. So maybe we'll 
do a video on it or something. But mm-hmm. uh, also a thing that happened was the anniversary of Pokemon, and so they did a Pokemon Direct. Yes. Um, anything uh, get on your radar after watching this? I mean, there was the big thing, but uh, first the of all, that Direct <laughs> was pretty cool like they did uh basically uh this has been 25 years in pokemon with this big yeah like, that montage, was really cool yeah which i really liked um but the big news is they are finally making that breath of the wild pokemon game that everyone has asked for yeah and right out of the gate it looked like the pokemon themselves that you were seeing out in the world were running at like really low frame rate for yes. some reason that was a little alarming that was a little alarming but like hopefully it's just because the game is a, a long ways out and so they just have a lot of time to work on it but it did look essentially like breath of the wild there was even like a shot towards yeah. the end of the trailer that was essentially direct from the they knew what they breath were doing the wild yeah. trailer. they're definitely trying to evoke those fe- like it seems crazy i still don't really know what the gameplay is because like they're i don't know how much uh like you're gonna be fighting versus how much the pokemon are gonna be fighting for you yeah that was not clear to me as well but it's like exploration you're actually throwing pokeballs it's what everyone's always wanted so this is a, a very exciting if they can actually get those frame rates up yeah it's definitely like you worry about the performance especially since we just talked about the switch and whether this is going to like re- require a switch pro or, or like yeah. what's going on there but it's definitely the most exciting thing happening in pokemon for like a long time i feel like this is what everybody wanted sword and shield to yeah. be and it just took them a little longer to get there they tried to, I mean, they had that wild area that yeah. was like kind like a compromise, but this is fully wild. And it's also crazy because it's in the past, so like there are wooden Pokeballs with like latches on them, which is interesting. Yeah, it did have a, a more unique look as well, which I think was cool that it, they kind of are going back to sort of the history of Pokemon and like before, I don't know, everything happened. But yeah, I thought it was cool some of the different things they did with even the art style ever so slightly different Hmm. do you have any interest whatsoever in the remake that they announced no i have no um i i i like the idea of pokemon and i enjoy learning about all the little monsters that's why pokemon go was ideal for me because i just like uh catching them not so much the the gameplay of the games yeah uh my girlfriend is very into them and she has played a couple of them. I don't think she's played, what are these, Diamond and Pearl? Diamond and Pearl, yeah. Yeah, so I have no nostalgia for these, but um, I mean, that's they're fine. I, I, I'm not anti them. I, I didn't like the art style, which is basically, I thought they were going to do more of the Let's Go style. Yeah, that would be that would have been a preferable to what it looks like now. Uh, yeah, because it, it looks like just sort of a cutesy upgrade of the pixel art from the original yeah. games and like maybe that's fine for some people not in a, and not that can be done well like remember that uh zelda uh um, yeah yeah uh link's awakening link's awakening looked great i love that was awesome i loved the art style of that game and this is definitely like they're trying to sort of do something in that vein uh but i, I didn't really like it no yeah such, it was uh such that completely... people saw it and they were like is this uh, like a mobile port like is this coming to phones uh but no it is on switch oh i have something i want to talk about okay i saw a trailer that initially i was excited for and then uh my excitement dropped to zero 
um, it's some new PUBG variant that is set in like the future. So you have like gadgets. Um, I love PUBG. It was my first battle royale. I still boot it up every once in a while. Although I play Apex Legends more than that. If I am gonna play a battle royale, but have you seen that run on Switch? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's uh, what is it? The ninth next Tuesday, I think, is when Apex Legends comes out on Switch. Um, the trailer did not ma- do anything for it. <laughs> no. The PUBG game at the ve- end of the trailer though was like coming out exclusively on iOS and Android. Oh really? Uh, which is awful, and I hate, and I'm not going to play it. Yeah, but, that's real uh, bad. I wish that they had also put it on PC, because it looked, like, super fun. There were, like, I mean, that was a thing that I always was jealous of. Um, the, what was it, um, Call of Duty went blackout was something I wanted to get into, because it had, like, crazy uh, gadgets that you could all use. Um, and PUBG has, like, some stuff that's interesting, but you don't have, like, a little car you can remote control around and stuff but uh yeah i don't even remember what it's called it's not worth talking about because it's on phones but uh <laughs> pubg you're on notice yeah that is disappointing direct to mobile yeah uh should we get into what we've been playing yes we should also talk about i didn't put it on here because i know you you don't watch it so we can't really discuss it but wandavision ended oh, yesterday right. um it was very good it was a very satisfying ending um it was a little bit of a letdown just because we weren't really sure how far these TV shows could take things. And so this was a weekly thing. So after every episode, people were speculating, like, this is crazy. Like, this show is going to introduce the X-Men or, like, this show is going to introduce the Fantastic Four. We're going to get a crazy cameo at the end that's going to be the person who's playing, you know, someone in the Fantastic Four. All this crazy stuff is going to happen. And then um, Paul Bettany was like, oh, yeah, get ready for something on the level of well i don't want to spoil it but uh, the last episode of the mandalorian what happened with that because something crazy is going to happen um and nothing super crazy happened which (laughs) is i mean a little bit of a bummer but it did have two post-credit scenes and they were both pretty cool but uh overall i think the first season right i mean i don't know i don't know what a second season of this would look like i don't think you could do a second season of this but i would say it was uh great every every episode was very solid and i Highly recommended if you ever get Disney Plus. Are they so they're going directly into the next show, whatever the next show is? We have a week off, and then we're gonna get uh, the Winter Soldier and the Falcon, and that is I want to say six hour long episodes, and then we have like maybe a month off, or maybe like two or three weeks off, and then the Loki show starts. There was a trailer for a new Spider Man movie as well, wasn't there? They unveiled the uh, title. Oh, okay. That's what it was. And they made a bunch of like tongue-in-cheek videos where they were re- like revealing alternate titles for it. Uh, and then they eventually... That Spider-Man movie is going to be insane, I think. <laughs> and I'm very much looking forward to that. I didn't watch the video. I just saw that it dropped and I was like, oh, okay. It seems like this next phase, like this phase is taking a while to take off. But this next phase in Marvel's cinematic universe is all about magic. Like, it <laughs> seems like uh, this Spider-Man one is going to be crazy magic-based. The next Doctor Strange movie is called, like, the Multiverse of Mayhem or Madness or something. Um, the end of WandaVision heavily implies that magic is going to be prominently featured in this next phase. So I think we're going to see a lot of magic-based plots and heroes in this upcoming uh, 
whenever they start to make Marvel movies again and release them. Yeah. As someone who maybe prefers a little bit more grounded superheroes, I don't know how much I like that idea, but I'm, I'm probably in the minority in saying that. I could be, I, I would totally be fine if there was never a Marvel movie again, just ending it with an yeah. uh, Endgame. Because that was a I'm very at. solid ending. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, Far From Home, Spider Man Far From Home was a very fun movie and I enjoyed it. Um, but I'm good. I mean, they, they're going to keep making them, but yeah. I feel like it. they've they've submitted their legacy of like 20 movies that are like pretty great overall. Yeah. I mean, not all of them are great, but like they're all pretty good. And that whole thing, the way it comes together, especially towards the end with yeah. the, those big team up movies, like, yeah, I really enjoyed it and I would be fine if they never made another one. But of course, they're not going to do that. <laughs> But let's talk about this. We have uh, two other videos going up on our channel this week, and both of them are about games that we've been playing. Yeah, so we did a video about the Outriders demo. That game comes out April 1st, but there is a free demo that you can download on PC and PS4 and uh, Xbox One. I Also on the new consoles, probably, most likely. I don't know if there's, like an official version or if you're just downloading the ps4 version on ps5 i'm not sure mm. what the situation is going on there uh the game is also coming to stadia but there's not a demo on stadia for some reason but uh yeah so you can play it just about everywhere not coming to switch and we yeah we did a video on it so that's gonna go up on the the channel soon and yeah i really enjoy it i i i played a bunch of it there's sort of a cap to how much you can do in the demo it like stops at um level seven as far as like ranking up your character and world tier five which is sort of like a difficulty setting that sort of advances as you level up but yeah it i don't know are you more interested now than maybe you were before having seen some of it I don't know. I don't know that I'm in the right place for a live game right now, like a game as service type thing where you have to keep playing it over and over again. I have been very into like narrative based games and or like uh, single player experiences currently, but I do see the appeal of it. And I, I, every once in a while, I'll think to myself, like, maybe I should start to play Destiny again because I do like that looter shooter type grind. But I just haven't gotten that uh, that itch recently. Well, so here's the thing: it is supposed to be like a forty plus hour like story driven thing that does not have like live service aspects. Like it's not supposed really? to be a Destiny clone or Destiny killer. Like it's not supposed to have like a, a raid that you're building up towards. It's not supposed to have uh, like replayable strikes that you do, but I think you can play the entire thing in co-op, and I don't know. Uh, I think there is some stuff that you can do, like once you finish the story, that's supposed to be sort of like a um, in-game activity type of thing. But it's not meant to be uh, a live-service Destiny killer type of a game. It's supposed to. Be. That's why um, when we were doing our video, I kind of compared it to Mass Effect quite a bit. Because I think it is supposed to be more of just like a sci-fi RPG story thing. Um, it hmm. just does not have 
the uh like when you're in dialogue you're not making choices throughout the entire thing at least you're not in the demo so i don't know if that changes at all during the the story um the story is all right so far it's not the best <laughs> thing i've ever played um there's definitely like some corny dialogue that is not the best and like the voice acting could use some work here and there but um yeah, it, it's definitely more of a, a story where you're going to be playing through um, a ton of story chapters and doing side quests. It's So there's definitely not PvP that is there as well. So it's, yeah, it's, you're not supposed to think of it as another destiny, which I mean, I'm, I'm fine with. I'm excited to, to get into it and actually play through like a 40 hour story with that kind of like fast fluid combat mechanics the combat did seem fun i will say that yeah like uh, especially the one that was kind of like that mass effect class where you were jumping around the field and appearing behind people looked super fun yeah the trickster where you can like teleport behind people and then like do a little slash that like turns everybody into skeletons and makes them explode or shoot them with a shotgun is really really fun um even the the technomancer which is more of like a stay you know keep your distance shoot with like a, a rifle and like throw out turrets even that class you can basically just run and gun and just like run around and um do a big melee attack and um so i am really enjoying the different abilities and powers and i think the demo is nice because you can test uh, all four of them out so that you know, okay, I'm going to stick with this one for like the entirety of my long story playthrough. So it's it's worth checking out. I mean, it's free. It doesn't cost you anything. So if you have any interest whatsoever, like give it a shot. And if it's not your thing, like whatever, don't buy it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other video we did was Loop Hero. Yes, hot off the presses. I don't know actually how long ago it came out. I think it was probably a couple weeks ago. But uh, everybody's playing right now, um, in addition to Valheim. Uh, it's only, at the at time of recording, it's on sale for like 12 bucks on Steam, which is where I'm playing it. And it's very fun. It's an interesting game because you never are actively controlling the main character. You're sort of just uh, affecting things around him. Every like there's two stages there is the like encampment stage where you're building up your base and then there is the loop and the i don't want to get too much in the story because it's i think it's pretty interesting but it's you know it's an old retro pixel art style uh art style and uh basically the loop section it randomly generates a circle uh that is you know some crazy shape of uh squares and you go around that and as you go around, monsters spawn on it, tiles become different. There's a card-based system where you're dragging and dropping tiles to, you know, give yourself more health or armor or different other perks. You're collecting resources that you can eventually take back to your camp to upgrade. And uh, it's pretty fun. You can play it with just a mouse. You don't need a keyboard. Or I assume eventually it'll have controller support. Um, but basically all you're doing is like... Um, there's a meter for like days passing and then there is a like boss meter that eventually will get to max and then about a boss appears but i find it very addictive in the same way that hades was addictive where they have created um coincidentally a great loop uh 
where you do a bunch of stuff and then you come back to your base, you upgrade, and then you immediately want to play again. Uh, and I, I booted it up and for the first, like the first time I played it, I played it for like an hour and a half cause I was just enthralled by it. And, uh, we'll have a video up, I think probably this week or whenever, um, so you can see some gameplay of it, but also, um, if I, the audio might be a little low on it as far as the gameplay audio, but the music is really good too. Yeah. I did not really know much about it. I had seen a trailer and I knew that people were talking about it a lot. And so like just sort of going through that video with you made me really want to actually download it and check it out. So I may do that. Yeah. It's not bad. Something I definitely recommend. Yeah. So uh, briefly, I can say I did check out Pixel Junk Raiders, which is like the new free game for Stadia Pro subscribers. I mean, there are other free games that get added every month, but uh, this one was the one that caught my eye. I watched a trailer and I did not like it. So what type of game is it? um, The art style is actually kind of cool. Everything's very saturated. Um, but basically the story is some alien species have, uh, taken over, uh, these planets and there are a bunch of hostages and, uh, the alien species that are, have been taken hostages look like they're straight out of star Wars. Um, but basically I, I don't know if you're playing like a robot or some sort of alien. You look like a kid, a human kid. <laughs> and, hmm. Um, and so you go down to these places and, um, there are some like roguelike elements to it where as you're going around the world to like rescue these people, you will get these little upgrades. You, so you get some, uh, enhancements that will make you faster and attack, uh, stronger and make your, um, health, you know, last longer, but it's sort of really tough. I thought maybe it was because I was playing with mouse and keyboard and it seems designed to be played with a, a controller. Um, but you can dodge and you can melee and you can melee um, with both your left and right hand. And they're like separate button presses to do that. Um, and you can get weapons like a sword to attack with. Um, and that makes combat much easier, but it will, I think eventually break after a while. And, um, but the thing is if you get like a bunch of gear and equipment and all of that, if you die, which is very easy to happen because if they hit you like once or twice, like you're, you're down for the count, like you don't have a lot of health and they hit pretty hard. Um, Mm -hmm. and so you lose all of your enhancements and all of the gear that you picked up, but I didn't find the loop of like going down to the planet to like knock out a bunch of alien creatures and save the like four or five people that were around and then go back to my ship and like you know do some upgrades or whatever and then go to the next place i didn't find that particularly compelling or interesting um and I don't know. I got fairly bored with it fairly quickly. There is mm. some platforming to it as well, but like it, it feels like a game out of a different generation where <laughs> it's, I don't know, almost something that could have been on like the N64 or the PS1 generation. It looks like a kind of a less good version of uh, what's that rain game that just came out? Risk of Rain. Um, 
What is it? Risk of Rain. Yes, it looks like Risk of Rain 2, but bad. <laughs> yeah, it, I was not very impressed with it. I looked up the developer. I guess they make a bunch of games, a sort of pixel junk something. Um, pixel junk something else or whatever. Um, and they've all been pretty mixed reviews. Um, so I don't I thought this was going to be interesting because I was like, oh, it's a, a new sort of indie game that's coming and it's sort of exclusive on Stadia and it's free to play. So I might as well try it and see what, what is there. Um, and the art style seemed kind of interesting. So I was like, I'll give it a shot. And I played like a couple hours. I cleared like the first maybe two or three worlds. Mm. And then I just kind of got stuck because I, I kept getting surrounded by enemies and they kept knocking me out and I would lose all of my upgrades and it would be very frustrating and i was like i was not digging the platforming as well so i was just like i think maybe i'm good on this but (laughs) i mean it's there if if it strikes your fancy but uh it was not for me did you play that ghost and goblins resurrected i did so that game i think it's exclusive to switch right now uh i downloaded you're correct yeah um I this is not normally the type of game that I would play, I guess. But um, Ghosts and Goblins is kind of a, a blind spot for me. I, I never played the old, like the original games, but I kind of liked the art style, um, which I think is kind of controversial thing to say because <laughs> I think a lot of the the fans of the the classics are kind of not happy that they went away with the from the uh, pixel art of the the old titles and went to more of like this hand-drawn like picture book style yeah everything looks like it's sort of on paper it's almost like where the wild things are if you remember that that book oh yeah it is reminiscent of that kind of yeah and it it's like it, it lacks a lot of like the modern controls like you don't have a double jump you can't dash um so you're very much like you have to get used to okay this is the pace that he runs at and it's fairly slow and this is how high he jumps which is not super high but that's like sort of part of the challenge of it is just sort of like working within those constraints Mm -hmm. um and like i liked cuphead a lot which was another game that like had a really unique art style that i enjoyed and it was side scrolling and it was like brutally difficult um I got really into that game, so I was like, well, I'll give this a shot. It seems like it w- wouldn't be um, too much worse than, say, Cuphead. Uh, but it, it is. It's very difficult. But I, I think it does a lot of things to sort of help you out. And it, it seems fairly clear that the, the developers want you to like be able to get through it. Because <laughs> like I was playing uh, the other day, and I was trying to beat a boss battle. And I kept dying over and over again. And at like the screen in between like you dying and loading up the the checkpoint it was like oh keep going you're like halfway there you're you're almost there <laughs> just like try give it one more shot and i was like wow you're like you're very nice to me for being so bad at your game <laughs> you like really want me to get through this i was like all right i'll give it another shot and i did eventually get through it but um i think it, it like there're a lot of different um difficulty settings as well so you can like turn it down if you keep dying and just like sort of get through it a little bit easier where you can sort of take more hits than you can at the higher difficulty tiers. And there's like a fairly good checkpoint system where 
if you just sort of like push yourself through it, you can get to that next flag to like set up a Mm -hmm. checkpoint. And then if you die again, you can start from there. And so you can just sort of like, you know, push yourself and you just like, you clear that next checkpoint and then you clear the next one after that. And eventually you get all the way through it. So for being a, a brutally difficult game, it is like fairly generous at sort of trying to help you get through it and i enjoyed it for that i i think the the art style i enjoyed and um some of the designs of the levels and layouts were it was interesting um and i could tell just like in sort of beating my head against that boss that i couldn't get through like i started to like learn the mechanics of it where i was like okay he's gonna do this and i can you know go here and i need to like start avoiding this and so you kind of learn to get better at it even though like i'm new to ghosts and goblins i didn't play the old ones and i'm like sort of struggling to get through some sections of the game like i'm sort of learning to get better at it and i think so it's like a different thing to wrap your head around. I'm not used to playing games quite as difficult as this, but I'm I'm enjoying it. So also because they have like such a good sort of checkpoint system, like having it on the switch is really good. Cause you can, you're like, okay, well I, I, I worked at it and I got to this next checkpoint. I'm just going to hit sleep mode and I'll pick it up again later. <laughs> and I like similar with cuphead where I would, I would get stuck on something for a while and then I would, I would have to set it down and then when I picked it back up again, I would just like clear it. And I was like, like no problem. I was like, why did I have trouble with this before? <laughs> so um, it, it's striking me. It's striking that itch of that like tough game. That's also like feels really rewarding when you do finally like get through that next section or whatever. So, hmm. so yeah, not, not too bad. It's, it's getting some mixed reviews. I, I read the one on Game Informer. They were very positive on it i know GameSpot was very down on it and they oh really they gave it like a four and wow and they were like this game is hard and is just sort of a reminder that that old style of like tough arcade game where you die repeatedly so that you'll have to put more quarters in the machine like that just needs to go away or whatever and everybody was like <laughs> everybody was really trolling them in the comments or like GameSpot doesn't like hard games <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't know what to make of the review situation, but um, I don't know. I, I've been enjoying it. it. I think it just comes down to if you're like a fan of the old games and whether you like the art style or not. I think it may be a turnoff or or not. So that's kind of where I'm at with it. Yeah, I would check this out. It's pretty good. Um, I You know how like when you buy games on the nintendo store or whatever they give you like credits yeah they do i I had uh, yeah i had built up a lot of credits so i got it for pretty cheap oh nice so yeah that's worth checking out any chance you played anything else uh mostly all i've been doing uh i I talked about this on last week's episode or however long ago's episode but um in the previous episode it was right after uh the big 1.5 update came out for stardew valley on uh switch oh yeah and so my girlfriend and i have been playing that almost like every night maybe every other night and we have just gotten to the winter section of the first year but i'll tell you that game is very fun to play with someone else because it takes a lot of the pressure off if like we're both working towards completing those bundles in like recreational center or whatever um it's it's pretty fun i have to say uh 
I it was so fun that I started my own single player game on computer on my on Steam because I also have it on my computer, um, and I'm just like min maxing it like crazy and getting a bunch of money. But uh, yeah, if you've never played Stardew Valley before, now is a great time to jump in, especially if you have a Switch and you have someone else who wants to play split screen with you because that works really well and. It's just like a joy to play with someone else. I have to say, you can play with up to like four people, I think. And they have, they even have a a new farm called the Four Corners Farm. I want to say that's specifically designed for four player co op. If you want to do that, there's also a really cool forest farm or a beach farm you can play. There's infinite ways to play that game, and there's a ton of new content with the 1.5. If you if you used to play that game like right when it came out, they've they never stopped adding to it. The developer is like a super cool guy who's like constantly adding things. And this big 1.5 update added even more stuff. There's like a whole end game uh, new island you can go to with new mechanics and new things to do. Like there's never been a better time to play Stardew Valley, I have to say. Yeah, I really liked it when I played it. I just haven't gotten around to playing it in a really long time so it probably would be a good time for me to jump back into it great to play on switch i have to say well another one that actually would be good for you since you like playing games uh in co-op with your girlfriend would be rogue heroes ruins of tassos have you heard of this game i have no idea what you just said what is that <laughs> rogue heroes i colon ruins of tassos i don't know what that means but um it's on Switch, it's on Steam, and it is basically a Zelda-like, so I think like A Link to the Past, but you can play it with up to like four people in local or online co-op, hmm. and I want to say there's like even some... I, I have not played this yet, so I, I can't speak too definitively on it, but I, I want to say there's like some like town building or like village building or whatever that you can do but otherwise like combat wise and uh like you get like the grappling hook and all of that and it it does seem very zelda like so i'm watching footage of it right now this seems very cool yeah i this is a game that i i plan on playing at some point soon because it looks very cool to me and it does remind me a lot of a link to the past just looking at it and mm. it's it's cool that you can play it with up to four people in like local yeah. or online co-op. So Yeah, this seems great. So yeah. I'm gonna check this out. There's a little recommendation for you. What else did I play? I finished we already talked about it, but I finished Little Nightmares 2. And I, I do want you to play that game just because I will. I, I will eventually I really want your impressions of like where that game goes, like in the last <laughs> chapter, because yeah. it is insane. Well, like some of the implications of like where that game goes, like it, it gets real crazy and wild. And I really like I, I would love to like even do like a half a podcast just talking about yeah, we should. where that when game I goes. after I complete it, we'll do like a little spoiler cast about it. All right, sounds good. Um, but I think that will lead us to your parting wisdom. Zach, what's your go to Ben and Jerry's flavor? Uh. I don't know. I do not eat a lot of ice cream, to be honest. Mm. Mm, I don't remember the last time I had Ben and Jerry's. <laughs> really? Did you ever have Americone Dream? When that came out, I feel like everybody tried it because it was great. I don't recall that. Zach, I tried out the next Netflix and chilled ice cream, which you may have heard like commercials for on podcasts. Sure. Um, 
it's very good. I usually am like a Maricone Dream type guy uh, because I like that crunch of the is, like cone. What is the flavor that? of this? Because the the name gives no indication. No, it's peanut butter ice cream, Ooh. which actually like I like peanut butter. I love and peanut butter. This like this is maybe the first peanut butter ice cream that I have eaten that does not like hit you in the face with peanut butter. Like <laughs> it's a very subtle peanut butter flavor. With sweet and salty uh, pepper or uh, pretzel swirls, so there is a crunch. I love uh, ice cream with a crunch, and then fudge brownies also. And man, like those, the pretzels really, really work in this. Like the crunch mixed with the peanut butter, mixed with the chocolate fudge. Like I picked one of these up on a whim just because, like, oh, I like peanut butter. I'll try this out. And I gotta say, it knocked it out of the park. <laughs> this is maybe their best new flavor in a really long time. That sounds good. I mean, I don't. I have stopped eating sugar. So are you doing ketosis? No, I do not. I'm not on a keto diet, so I still eat carbs, but I just I don't I don't eat sugar anymore. So and like it's one of those choices that I made because I wanted to like lose weight last year. Mm-hmm. And so I've, I've gotten in shape and I've lost weight. What? And I so I don't eat sugar and it really has not been hard for me. It was just like one would of those be, things that I was like, I'm just not going to eat sugar anymore. Would you be willing to post a picture of your abs on our Instagram? <laughs> uh, no. I, <laughs> I've i got like a half pack. Oh, my God. I got like for sure two, two to four. It depends on the day. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> But uh, no, it's it's been good. I I started doing intermittent fasting last year. And, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and I just I started working out every day, so I work out like six days a week. And wow, I I, I actually you might like this. I do I do the uh, the one punch man thing of like a hundred push ups, a yeah. hundred sit ups, a hundred squats. I just don't do all the running that he does. Man, that's crazy. You all you have to do is re, uh, remove your limiter, and then you'll become One Punch Man. Ooh, and that's I need to do that. <laughs> that is the ultimate goal: become One Punch Man. Man, that's crazy. Although you know, I uh, I haven't seen you in a while, Zach. But you know the 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 bad thing about the One Punch Man exercise routine. What is it? It makes you go bald. Uh, well, I mean, there's no avoiding that for me to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, it runs in my family. My dad is bald, so like inevitably one of these days that's just a, gonna be a reality, and I'm gonna have to get wrap my head around it. Man, the viewers want to see your body transformation, Zach. I don't have like a before and after, so it wouldn't. <laughs> I don't know. I I also so I got um one of those. I, I have like a stand up desk and a, a walking treadmill. So like mm-hmm. I don't run. I should. It would be much better for me. I might have a, a full on six pack if I did run. Uh, my brother's a big fan of running, but I just like I get off of work. Like the part of the problem is I, I work at a job where I just like sit all day, so that does yeah. not help. But um, but yeah, I'll get off work and I come home and I I raise my stand up desk and I will just walk on my treadmill and I can like listen to podcasts or like play a game or something for at least an hour to try to get my steps in. That's and smart. then I get to uh, get to my workout, and I got this uh, one of those pull-up bars that you can just like attach to your doorway. Oh yeah, and my brother has one of those. Yeah, I'm getting into that. Like it's it's very good. Man, that's crazy. 
man, that, that makes me want to do stuff. You should do stuff. Actually, like intermittent fasting is very, very, very good for you, uh, for like longevity benefits. Like, I don't want to be this like hipster, like YouTube dude, like there are tons of things that are out there, but like, um, like it, it relieves, it can relieve, um, uh, what is, um, I think I do that on, on accident because I never have breakfast. And if I ever eat anything in the morning, I feel awful. So I just avoid eating until after noon and then I have lunch and then I have dinner usually right when I get home from work at like five and I never eat anything after eight o'clock because again, if I eat anything after eight o'clock, I'll wake up and I'll feel disgusting. Yeah. So I, I kind of do it, but not on purpose. Yeah. I, so I, I've kind of gotten out of intermittent fasting more recently just because like I use that as a method of like helping me to lose weight a lot mm-hmm. like over the course of last year but uh, I've sort of fallen off the like regularly scheduled like I'm gonna two or three days a week I'm gonna like do a you know like an 18 to 20 hour fast or whatever mm-hmm. um, I should keep doing it um, and I do still do it like every once in a while um, but you will lose weight if you do it and and it's good like i said i sit most of the day and i still ended up losing a bunch of weight just basically from uh doing the intermittent fasting even before i How did started you, working out what like where what's a good resource like what guide did you follow to do this well um so i there are youtubers that you can look up i looked up this one guy i forget his name it would be good to actually link to this guy because I, I found a lot of useful stuff. Like he always like cites a bunch of studies when he talks about mm-hmm. fasting. Um, and so like you'll I typically will do if I am going to fast, I'll do like an 18 hour fast. So I'll like stop eating by my schedule is really weird just because of the time I have to work. So it's like not a good example. But um if you're going to fast, you're you're only going to drink water or like black coffee and you don't put anything in it. Uh, but then I also have, of course, like cut out sugar and <laughs> all of that stuff. So yeah. I like I don't eat sweets or and I don't really snack. Um, but like your your body doesn't really need all that food, to be honest. It yeah. just doesn't like um, and you your body needs to sort of cleanse itself sometimes. So like a fast is good for that. So um, you not only lose weight, it cuts down on like inflammation and there are like all these other health benefits you can sort of. Um, like there have been studies on like how it can help with like keeping cancer at bay or like what, you know, different things like that. Um, so like your, your body will go through a process after like a certain amount of hours. I think it's like 16 where like autophagy starts. And so basically your cells start to like re, um, regenerate and like it'll, kick out the bad ones or whatever and so there's just there's a lot of good that comes even if you're not necessarily trying to lose weight from like trying to work in at least like a fast every now and then just to you know for your health so i highly recommend it it's good for you look up um Again, I cannot think of the, this guy's name, but <laughs> if you, I'm sure if you just like look up fasting in YouTube, he will pop up because he's like one of the the biggest fasting YouTubers out there. 
Um, but he, uh, recommended, he also does keto though, which I do not do. So a lot of his like recommendations for like foods and stuff to eat are keto diet stuff. Um, but he'll like give you recommendations on like how to break your fast. Like, so once you're done and you're ready to start eating, he'll like recommend different types of foods that you should, uh, eat and sort of like the process of coming out of a fast. Um, so they're, they're good things um that you can learn just from like looking up youtubers or you can just i'm sure if you look online there are some different people giving out different facts i'm sure but um like there are some people that are like if you're going to do a fast that means nothing like only water um but this guy's like nah coffee is fine like black coffee is fine (laughs) which works for me and it actually i find like when I'm doing a fast, like there, I will get to a period of time in the day where I'm like really hungry and I can like, like, yeah, that's good for you. But like, I can feel it. I'm like, oh man, I'm really hungry right now. And so, but if you drink a lot of water or you drink, you know, black coffee or like tea with nothing in it, like that'll help sort of keep the hunger pangs away and you can kind of get through that. And I find like, I'll go through like a period of time during the day when I'm fasting where that's like kind of rough where I'm like hungry and I, I, I know I'm hungry the whole time. And so like you can get like a little bit jittery, a little bit, um, cause you're kind of stressing your body a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. but like I'll eventually just like come out the other side of that and I'll just be fine for the rest of the time. And it's like no big deal to like go the rest of the 18 to 20 hours that I normally do a good uh healthy recommendation and once again i recommend ben and jerry's <laughs> netflix and chilled ice cream yeah and honestly you can eat that stuff if you're if you're doing your fasting like obviously your calorie intake is dropping so like you can still enjoy some of that stuff yeah it's crazy to see. i don't follow the rock on instagram anymore because he got way too into like uh advertising whatever crazy tequila that he invented <laughs> but uh when i did follow him Man, his cheat days were crazy. He would post pictures of like mountains of chocolate chip cookies and like like a, an entire sheet of uh, sushi rolls and like crazy stuff. And he would just go to town on all that stuff. I love sushi. Um, but yeah, uh, interesting. Definitely uh, interesting. I might check out. I mean, I'm not super out of shape, but I'm definitely not in shape. And I'm jealous of your abs. I mean, I may send you some, if I can look up some of the videos that I watched last year that sort of helped me get in the mindset. I thought you were going to say you were going to send me your ab pics. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't really, I don't really like, (laughs) I don't really like the idea of this. Just put on like a a Mario shirt or something. It'll be gaming related. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I'll like pose holding an amiibo or something. Genius. But no, I I don't like the like I've had friends in the past where like I know of people that are like and the they take pictures at the gym or whatever, they like showing off their bicep and I'm like, I never want to be that guy. <laughs> like <laughs> I I want to have the bicep, but I don't want to like send a bicep. I don't know, pic. man. If I looked like if I did a ton of work and I looked like Camille Nagiani in that one picture, I would definitely post a picture of that. Fair. I don't know if I look like like him just yet, but I'm working on it. Well, I think uh, that about does it for this week. 
hopefully we will be back again soon. Do check out those videos that we have coming up and go to our, yes. our YouTube channel and subscribe. I, I post stuff on our, our website as well, starsidecafe.com. Like I, I put up uh, a long uh, impressions that I wrote up about out, the Outriders demo uh, leading up to, because I knew we were going to do a video about it as well. So go check that out. Follow us on Twitter and on Instagram where you might find some photos. Who knows? And, (laughs) uh, yeah, we'll catch you on the next one. Goodbye. Goodbye.